said talk to me, damn it, or else I'm gonna throw you in the fire! You stupid bitch, you filthy! Welcome back to Flyover State of Fear. I got a great guest for everyone today, Paige Troxell, director, filmmaker, uh, overall horror expert in Nightmare and uh, Elm Street uh, historian. Slash... Yeah, the Nightmare historians. Yes. Uh, welcome, Paige. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I'm yeah. I'm excited to talk workshop and talk horror. Yeah. How are you? Uh, how's everything going? And uh, once we talked a little bit before, like, congrats on the doc, and it's excellent. And before we can, everyone should pick it up. Fredhead's a documentary. Thank you. It's good. It's been going really good. Um, we were number one for five weeks on Amazon, and that was really amazing. And we um we had a little issue with selling out. We kept selling out, and every time I was part of that. Were you? Were you part of it? Okay, I feel I, so, I felt so bad, but like we were no, I don't. Expecting it to sell out like this. Oh, not sell it. It was part of um I was part I was part of like being able to get it. I think it was part of helping sell it out. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You were definitely one of the people who helped sell this. Yeah. I actually think it dropped on my it dropped like a day or on my actual birthday too, which was really nice for me. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> that's like the best birthday gift, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, it was like for me. Yeah. For me. I'm like, for you, it was yeah! right there. I remember because it was the yeah. sixth it was February sixteenth. Or I think that oh, week so. I was dropping, and I was like, "Cool!" And I had the order in, and then like a few days later, I was like, it's in. You know, blah blah. So that's awesome. I appreciate it. We, you know, we. Um, what happened is, is that our we <laughs> we had lots of discussions with our distribution company that day. There were many phone calls um, because people were like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! We're not getting it. It's delayed. It's delayed." And they said, "What happened is, is that um, Amazon didn't anticipate the influx of orders hmm. the following week, and so." They only ordered weekly. So Amazon was like, we got to catch up. And so every time they catch up, they would just sell out of the next round that they had. Cool. I mean, so it's crazy. yeah, it's kind of interesting to hear that like tease made. Uh, no, you guys did such a good job with like, I was talking before, but like the uh, gorilla marketing is the wrong word, but like the gorilla no, marketing. Yeah, gorilla that's marketing of it of like, of, like I was telling you, I was kind of stalking it. I saw some friends have these promo boxes you all sent out which looked awesome and i was like oh shit there's a movie about me you know there's a doc coming out about me and um so i love hearing that like yeah it's great sell out keep selling it out and like i hope you sell more of it and then like when you guys get a blu-ray i'll buy the blu-ray thank you i appreciate it they they are gonna do a blu-ray um from everything that we've been told they're gonna do a blu-ray the reason why they released dvds soon is we had a crowdfunding that we had to fulfill. Mm. And with our contract, <laughs> me and my business partner are very savvy. Uh, with our contract, in our contract, it stated that they had to legally fulfill our crowdfunding at no cost to us. So they knew that they had to print these DVDs. And so what they did is they said, well, let's just print them and sell it because your audience has been waiting for so long. You've been telling them for a year it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. 
And um, they're like, let's get this out there and get excited. But they do have a plan for like a Blu-ray release and they've been working on like a streaming deal and stuff. So all of that hopefully will be coming soon in the next like that was so. that was definitely the uh this yeah, that's gonna be awesome because the streaming was like uh I mean full disclosure, I don't think about that. I was gonna rip that and send it to my uh one of my co hosts who was gonna join us. Uh, maybe on this yeah, call yeah, yeah. and i was like well you gotta watch the doc and he was like i'm not you know i don't i'm not gonna get the dvd in time blah 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 and right. i was like maybe i'll burn it and then i, I didn't you know well, i could have sent I, him a screener too <laughs> I, would've, I would've totally sent him a screener i don't it's mind all sending good. people screeners like, it's all it's all good um but anyway um that's great and you know this actually the main question of the show does kind of go into a little bit of what the doc is about in Fred Heads with you and the core was there a memory serves me off five of you. Yeah, there's five of us. Yeah. Jeremy Todd Moorhead, Anthony Brownlee, DeAndre Laser, Kim Gunfinger, and myself. Yeah, everyone had such interesting stories and uh uh check it out. And listen, now you can turn off the podcast. Now we're gonna just talk about <laughs> other things. Um but uh kind of for anyone new listening uh i like to ask my guests what is your horror origin story and uh so you can answer that however you want you know like it could generally be how someone doesn't like horror movies which judging from you and your background and your interests i don't think you're gonna go that way just a little bit i think i like horror just just a little um i you know my origin story is very typical of like uh, a kid in the 90s or like 80s baby my dad my parents were really young and my mom she like worked overnights and my mm -hmm. dad he um he was always exhausted from work and so he used like hbo and stuff like that as like a babysitter and he sat me in front of the tv and um it was like hbo it was like movie night and dream warriors came on and it that was the first horror movie I really i think i was like four or five years old like, well that imprinted it imprinted in my head and so I um I just really connected with it. It scared the shit out of me as a kid, and I remember I was I was just so obsessed with it. I was obsessed with the Nightmare on Elm Street as just such a young child, and then because I was able to watch it, I don't know why, but like my dad started like watching other horror movies with me. Like, oh, that's neat. You know, like but it wasn't like my it was like behind my mom's back and stuff like that because my mom like. Do any others like stand out uh, that were not nightmare? Um, that with I your dad, I really loved Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Like when I just covered it. that, that's like, so funny. Know, that was the last episode it. I did. Uh, it's so good. I love Killer Clowns. Um, I didn't. I wasn't like a Halloween mm -hmm. fan. I wasn't like a Jason fan in the beginning. I am now as an adult. Mm -hmm. As a kid, I wasn't. Uh, I uh, and then, like people under the stairs like that. I loved. So you much. were really just connected to the West. It's so funny. Yeah, everything. Like, I'm a Wes Craven fan. That's what I say. Yeah, like, my my parents let me watch Wes Craven films because they weren't necessarily um, like full of like nudity mm -hmm. or like full of like real hardcore violence. Like, yeah, like Freddy's brutal and his kills are brutal. But, like my mom didn't know that it's, I was watching it. I shit like that. She thought it, it was something else. She didn't realize it was that. But it it's so in, it's so interesting too because like cool clowns make sense to me. Like of the age, right? We were, we were talking early similar similar ages and eras. Nightmare makes sense. Or not nightmare. Uh, killer clowns make sense because that's like starter horror. Like I'd I'd show that to a six seven year old like. You know, yeah, you'll, you'll you'll live. You'll deal with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, like super scary. People under the stairs is so like mature. Yeah, 
Uh, it's funny. I'm a, I love Wes Craven, and the only one I can't do because it actually just upsets me is The uh, Last House on the Left. I've never seen it. Um, see it's it. just too upsetting. It doesn't yeah. it, in the horror. It's just very uh, in this very late seventies. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but then everything else is like you know it's who you knew Wes Craven as, and it's yeah. it's this tone. Um, yeah. No, and I, I meant to tell you this before, and uh, you're the first nightmare. Uh, Elm Street, I pick uh, that picked the movie, um, and I said no to feelers because I've actually just been waiting for like the right time because it does for myself have a it's like its number one franchise. And I was like, right, well, I want to talk about it the right well, time. I appreciate there. that. I appreciate that. Um, no, but it is there's something uh, I don't know as a kid like like kiddish attractive about Freddy too. Mm-hmm. Uh. Because not that I saw him young, but I remember my uh, my uh, who I was friends now, but my babysitter lived across the street. Him and his brother like basically said it as like an urban legend. Like you're gonna go to the boiler <laughs> room, blah blah blah, and knowing about it but not watching it, and then like seeing it eventually, and then seeing a uh, new nightmare. Uh, like was a later one, and then I was obsessed. So there's definitely that obsessed with that, and then. Uh, was 11 i don't know whenever however old i was when freddy vs jason came out we went to the theaters to see that and that was yeah. cool that was the coolest freaking thing ever was that like really cool because like, you're watching like two goliath or icons like fighting it and you're a kid like you're yeah like, it I was just imagine it was so great for you it was sweet it was really cool um and they were we went, I remember clear as day, I mean, my, my best friend Chris, we went, and there was like no one in theater except a mother and her child, a child, like, we were 11 or 12, and this, they were 6, 7, and this, the first nudity scene, or second nudity scene, I will never forget this woman holding, not the violence, her son's eyes walking out of the movie theater. Yeah. And I remember me and my friend going like, what did they expect? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, like it's Freddy versus Jason. Like it was really cool. I like, I always remember that ending, you know, the actual fight. Yeah. And, uh, the but then, but then that on top of Dawn of the dead, cause they were like a year or two off of each other, did a bad thing for us where it made me go, Oh, horror movies could be really funny. Because I used to be like, well, it's not scary except for the one scene with the girl with the cross eyes. Yeah, I've never seen Dawn of the Dead. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Yeah. In Nightmare, the, when she turns around and... Uh, oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was yeah, the only yeah. thing we thought yeah. was scary. With the little yeah. girl where she's like, she turns around and she's in the, the dream world. Yeah. And then the like, little jabberwocky thing looking stoner thing comes out. Yeah. Only yeah. thing we thought was scary. And... And then I watched a few other harder horror movies at that age. And I was like, well, not for me until like, you know, a few years later. Uh, and I even think that year I asked my mom, I was like, and I really like costumes and everything. I was like, oh, could I be Freddy Krueger? And she begrudgingly said yes, but she was annoyed not because I was being Freddy Krueger because I put a mask on. She's like, I don't, you know, do makeup. Don't, do, you know, put a mask on. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, but. No, that's great. But yeah, it's it's interesting to hear about the, the Freddy of that age and then obsessed with it and a Wes Craven fan. Um I am and Wes Craven's what made me want to make films. I when I saw Scream for the first time, I was a kid, I was like eleven, and um I was with some of the girlfriends of mine and um I saw his name come on screen and I didn't really know who Wes was. Like I knew obviously I knew who Wes was because of the Nightmare on Elm Street mm-hmm. and he was in um uh, he was in New Nightmare, and like I saw New Nightmare in theaters as a kid, and um, so obviously like I knew who Wes Craven was, but it didn't really 
hit me, hit me because mm-hmm. you're you're a kid. And so when I was 11 and I realized and it said directed by Wes Craven, mm. scream. And I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to be like Wes Craven. This is what I what I want. And, and so ever since then, like when I was little, like I would always like make these like home videos with like of my course. friends and like make them the star. I like totally ripped off. It was called Beware. And it was like it was like a rip off of like Scream meets I know what you did last summer uh, meets Urban Legend. That's amazing. And uh, I always so I always want to do it. So I've always just Wes Craven to me just knows how to tell a story, and he his films always have a message, an underlining message, mm-hmm. and I think that he truly is what like elevated horror, and I think A Nightmare on Elm Street and the series as as a whole is what made people in a sense, really take horror serious. Like, it started with Halloween and John Carpenter because it was hugely successful and broke mm-hmm. all these records and it was the most successful, like, independent horror film of all time at that time. And, like, it made people, like, notice horror and it, like, put it really on the radar as, like, oh, this can be something. It's not something stupid. But sure. I think A Nightmare on Elm Street elevated that. I think it made people take horror more serious and it's because of Wes Craven. Yeah. Like, his name holds weight. Well, it can't. I love to work with Oh, any story you hear, right? Like, and that that trajectory came at a time uh, where, by the time you get Nightmare on Elm Street, which is eighty four, I believe. Yeah, eighty. Yeah, so many copycats of Halloween had happened, where it is kind of trending down again, and it's just such a creative movie. And like you said, the stories there—that's why we're talking about it today, right? The stories almost 40 that, years later, almost 40 yeah. years later, it's still just as popular as it was back then, if not more. I have more. Generation. Um, it, you know, it, it's, it's there. And, and I think you, this, even though I know it's, um, gained popularity and, uh, it is, I mean, I, to me, you see the difference immediately from Nightmare 1 to Nightmare 2 without any Wes involvement, you know, and even Robert England involvement as well. Like half that movie shot without him. Right, shot with a person. stunt double, and you can clearly see it. Like, and that shower scene. Oh, I, uh... Horrible. Well... I love I Nightmare 2, but it's I just watched it. I don't know why. I watched it right after your movie, actually. I was, like, feeling a little... And I was like, let me do one I never watched. And you funny you mentioned the shower scene, because I was literally talking about it last night. How it was one thing I noticed. Like, I don't know. Even if I walk around, like, in front of my wife naked or anyone. Like, you, you, you hold your private part you know you hold your genitals him in the shower right he just holds this and has no um care of the coach in there right and it 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 was something i know and i was like it made me kind of laugh just because it, it you know regardless of anything going on like first thing i'm doing even right. in someone i'm comfortable with <laughs> right. anyway i think that whole that whole film is i love i love nightmare too but i think like you can definitely tell that like without Robert's presence on it, like it, it just doesn't feel. It's con- I can connect it to every single one because I think it's great and I love the character of Bessie and stuff like that. But like, oh, it, there are so many inconsistencies. I like it. it. I, yeah. I like the movie, and it, it's like Nightmare. I think's the one franchise with that long of a yeah, with that long of a movies, and they kind of you know they have their ups and downs. I could watch all of them, enjoy all of them, Me even too, the good or that. the bad. Because of either there's some good character or the the kills and the creativity are just fresh. Like there's something you love in each of the films. Like and I feel like that's why it it, it is like 
I am a remake hater, so I'll just leave that aside. I don't need you to. I don't. Need I, we don't mention it at all. Thank in the, you. In the documentary, we were gonna mention it. We I, we had a fun way of mentioning it, and then right at the end, our team was like, "We have we can't insult people." So I don't. We were gonna, at the end of the credits. It was gonna have we have somebody saying, and we took it out. Yeah. Um, oh, he just. What about you. the remake? What about the name? Uh-huh. What about the 2010 remake? And then it was just gonna go. Yeah, I can't. Like the TV screen, like it was over. I can't. Uh, but. That's one extra time we were going to get the Etsy set of the movies. I was going to throw that out and put a never, <laughs> never sleep again doc in that place. Yeah. Um, but honestly, the juxtaposition is Friday the 13th for me. There's a few good ones for me. I have the box set, but they don't have the same weight of, oh, let me pop it in and I can watch it. Right. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's amazing to hear, like, your connection. And, I mean, you've done everything to connect in and be inspired by Wes Craven and um and the movies themselves. So that's really, really neat to hear. Um so having said all that, we are talking about New Nightmare today and you read the thumbnail and the headline and blah blah blah. Uh what I do like before we begin, I like to read the plot summary from uh Google. Uh, and usually I breed it because usually it's pretty correct or right. not correct at all. I love when and they're I, not correct. I love when they're, I love when they're wrong. Like the and, HBO Max ones. Did you ever see the HBO Max descriptions of all the Nightmare films when it was on there? I've watched like, them on there, but I didn't read. I never read the description. They had them all mixed. They had them all mixed up. They had them all like all of like past names were completely oh, different, no. and it was hilarious. I love when they're wrong. I like because it's like it's funny because we know they're right when they're right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they all kind of, there was a this totally side tangent. Uh, me and my wife love terrible movies and Netflix had, uh, this movie, this Tyler Perry movie called Temptation on there. Yes. And, oh my God, I love that movie. Oh, movie's insane. Oh, insane. Crazy. Okay. All right. You're it's crazy. Favorite. We've, I've seen it more times than I should have because of yeah. like how silly it is. I've seen it twice, but like, oh, it's okay. Crazy. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. so, but Netflix's description was, so you'll get this then. Netflix's description was. A riveting tale with a powerhouse performance by uh, uh, Vanessa uh, by Vanessa Williams. Vanessa Williams plays a uh, over the top French, uh, bad French accent woman who's doing a bit. She's not the lead of the movie. No, not That's, at all. That was the description. It was amazing. Um, wow. Anyway, so I'm going to just read this. Uh, I haven't read it yet, just for the. All right, so. Yeah, heck yeah. Uh, reality and fantasy meet in unsettling ways in this installment of the long-running horror series, which finds director Wes Craven and actors Heather Lingenkamp, Robert England, all portraying themselves as Heather considers making another film with Wes- with Craven. Her son, Dylan, falls under the spell of the iconic disfigured villain, Freddy Krueger. Eventually, Lingenkamp must confront Freddy's demonic spirit to save the soul of Dylan. This is pretty accurate for yeah, ones I've seen. Accurate. Yeah, it's not bad. Well, I looked up um, this one particularly. I was really curious what the trailer was. So I was like, how do they mm-hmm. sell this to audiences? Yeah, the trailer was really cool. There were several trailers. Yeah, I only watched the one that said one. And it was like, you know, they had the actor. They had, I think, starts with basically Wes talking about the state of film. And it's it like a loop. And... It's like a bloop. And then it like the camera pops on. Mm-hmm. And it looks like they're on set. Yeah, 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 that was really neat because I was like, "What are they gonna do to sell it?" Because, uh, 
one of my one of my favorite things of this movie is uh, I think it's the world you and I would like to live in. It's like everyone's talking about like it, like Nightmare Numbers is like number one in the talking bit and like really in tune in the in the movies. Yeah. When in like you know, it's like with, like with Sam, we're on this they're on the Sam show and like all the audience is going crazy. Yeah. It's like, it's like the Fre- Freddy hysteria is still good and Heather goes to to Bob Shay's office and it's all decorated with Freddy and yeah, it's the house that Freddy built and he's not gearing up for Lord of the Rings at all. Right. No, not at all. There's there, there's nothing called uh, Samuel Jack Samuel Jackson in this there era, <laughs> you know, Sam Jackson or what or whatever. Uh, Peter Jackson. You're Peter you're, Jackson. But Peter Jackson. I understood what you meant. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's my favorite of that is um, with that, and, and this is the overarching thing I probably mentioned a bunch of times is how I'm like, is Freddie really dead? You know, like that's the question yeah. in everyone's mind, and it's like, man, if only everyone was just their talking point when that came. That's like that's like we're talking about Scream Six before, and you know, my my mother in law asking me if if about Scream Six when it's like she's you know she's not tuned in like that. I love it. I love it. Um, it's so it's so meta, and I think that a lot of people don't realize this that there would be no screen without yeah. New Nightmare. The New Nightmare was, I don't know if it was the first or if it was one of the first like horror films slash like I would say really film film to make something meta in a, in a sense. Like that's I'm not sure if it's the first film, I but I think know it might be the first horror. I think it's the first horror film, definitely. Yeah, um, for sure. But it would there without it, there'd be no screen. Like, no. the, that's the playbook. Scream's playbook is Wes Craven's Nightmare. And I, I, in Never Sleep Again, someone mentions, uh, basically, you know, this was for filmmakers. And that was, I think Wes Craven said, it was like, that was the mistake, you know, in the sense of uh, the reception of, uh, the critical reception was good, but no one went to go see it. I probably would just imagine it was nightmare uh, uh, fatigue at that point. Well, you know what happened is is that it opened up alongside oh, a Pulp Fiction. Yes, yes. And on the same night as Pulp Fiction, which is so dumb, because isn't Pulp Fiction a New Line Cinema movie as well? Uh, like, wouldn't... Uh, but they opened think, on the yeah, same I night. I oh, I saw it on opening night, and it was packed. It was sold out. I was I was a kid. I think it was... Like oh, okay. Years old, eight, eight or nine years old. But it was sold out in, mm. in the theater. Cool. And the audience loved it. Like they had such a great time when uh Heather says that line where he says, Pick a pet drug rat bitch. Just, Fuck <laughs> you. you. And, like knocks him out. Uh the whole audience erupted. Everyone got out of their seats and was cheering and it was it was crazy. It was so much fun to watch. But I'm also from Chicago, which is like a horror city. Okay. So I so for us, like Halloween was our mayor. We had Mayor Bailey, who is his favorite holiday. Oh, amazing. So it was like it was like a huge thing for people in Chicago. So I'm sure it did really well in our market. I'm all sure across the country it it, it bombed and yeah it made it's funny today it, it, you know it'd be a success with an eight million budget and a nineteen I have have it all you know uh, almost twenty million dollars in revenue right um but yeah going out against Pulp Fiction I'm trying to think of its new line I think Pulp Fiction's I know it's an early like Weinstein movie yeah it's but I, I don't and I it's don't a band apart which is either way. Weird that it would go up against it. Um, so it really sucks for that way because I do think you'd probably maybe not good, but we'd probably have another Elm Street in between New Nightmare and Freddy's Dead. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, Freddy vs. Jason. Um, but yeah, they so I thought that was really interesting what he he said of like, oh, I realized like I made a movie that like filmmakers would more get or like you know that that's the 
beats I'm putting out yeah. compared to Scream is like the film movie audiences want to see yeah. or like teens want to see. He said, I think specifically. Yeah. Um, but have a, so we do open the movie up though, which is really neat, which I actually look at the glares here. Cause I have terrible lighting, uh, on the poster with this glove. Yeah. Um, this is my favorite Freddy design, by the way. I'm is a it big, really? I'm, I'm a big fan of the new nightmare design. Uh, Maybe not the glove, but the the way his face looks, the cracked and the just the trench coat, a little more muscular. Like that, Freddy to me is terrifying. I like that Freddy. He's not my favorite. My favorite design is um like part two or part three. Part two is the scariest. I would think part two is iconic. He looks the meltiest in part two. Like he's the grimiest. He's really burning. He looks like his, his flesh is really burning. But I love New Nightmares too because. He looks aged, like he looks like that mythological genie in a bottle. Mm-hmm. Like he looks like how Wes describes well, the true Freddy. Do I wonder if um do you think this had any influence on it? Because I know Wes Craven's a producer on it and the movies are like okay, but like, you know, it has a similar look to like a wish the wishmaster uh makeup. Is I there mean, you think there's a similar I mean, like potentially because they used all the same people, so like the uh, high cheekbones. Yeah, I mean, um, it, could, it could potentially, because they were all, all that makeup was done by KMB effects. Okay. So KMB did Wishmaster, and they also did um, all the, you know, New Nightmare and mm-hmm. Nightmare 3, 4, 5, and 6. They did the... That makes sense. So, so you, it, could be, it could be influenced in their, their cause it's more rubbery style yeah, it's, makeup. Yeah. So it could be, like, what the appliances they were using at that time. Mm. But Wes has stated that, like, that's his biggest regret about Wes Craven. Changing it, yeah. Changing Freddy's look. I like but it. I like it. I think it adds to it. it. His makeup has changed in every film, except for three and four. They're the mm, closest out okay. of all of them. Three and four are the closest. I th- when five hits, it gets kind of a little comical. Part six is full fledged, looks rubber, mm-hmm. and then new nightmare. Like it's just it's a it's an evolution. Of to to me, it does the right of. This isn't. This is the the incarnation of the boogeyman, the devil, and not really like Freddy. It's just the name right. we're using. Um, right. So it's not Robert England in the mask. It's not yes, like, it's, it's the true essence of Freddy. You know, that's why so, his claws the way that it is. And, yeah, and the claws neat. I think oh, it's, it's so the, on the thumb, like or mm-hmm. blade, like, yeah. It's different. Yeah. Um, and it, it always like I just put a point out. I just put this poster up recently, and um, so I'm looking at it more and more, and it's. It's always one of the more interesting movie posters um, because except for New Nightmare, he's not really on the, it's not the Freddy you're looking on the cover and it's all for the artwork that was done of that first one. Yeah. It's just deformed kind of eye popping and claw out. Um, so, but we come in and it is a special effects crew working on a robot hand and it turns out it is uh just a dream sequence the 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 hand kind of goes crazy and cuts i believe it it just gets an attack but heather wakes up and there's an earthquake going on and you know that was her husband which you know the irony of her real husband's a makeup is an actual effects person and in the movie yeah. it's it's not her husband because he didn't want to play himself right. it's just this guy named chase yeah and uh she wakes up and uh there's the earth crates going on and she's all scared and uh we get a th- three or four cracks we get cre- freddy cracks in the wall 
And uh, I think that's you know, kind of the start of like Heather's journey there. And uh, right. what I really like about this too is from their first conversation, we were like, we're kind of getting thrown in the middle. This is, we're not getting thrown at the start. We're getting thrown kind of like a few weeks in the middle of her descent into Freddyism. Right. And we get like a sense that it has happened before. Like mm-hmm. that this isn't the first time that there is, he's, he's being like, okay, it's, it's, we're, we're going through this right now, but it's, it's happened years past. And it's, yeah. And, um, so, but we get to meet her son, Dylan, uh, who's the creepy kid from, uh, Pet Cemetery as well. Yeah. The, the wonderful Nico. Yes. And, uh, he recently, I mean, I know he shared the story before and you know it, like he has that play set and I think he shared it on TikTok recently and it kind of re-picked up a uh, viral steam. Yeah. I uh, think, you know what I think? I, I haven't asked him, I should ask him, but like, I think that they rented it out for something. Was it the most recent, uh, Stranger Things or something? Maybe. There was some, there was some recent horror, I can't remember exactly what it was. Yeah. And we were watching it, and I watched the playground set, and I started freaking out. <laughs> you know like, it. Oh my god! I said that's Miko's playset, and he's like, "How do you know this?" I was like, "Listen, I I'm, know Zoo Nightmare is ingrained in my brain. Yeah, it's my favorite of all of them." And so I was like, "That's Miko's. That's his playset. That's his playset." And then he released that video of him like sitting, but they were like hauling it off with something. I think you're like, right. Don't worry, it'll be. He's like, "Don't worry, it'll be back." And so I was like, "Was it used in Stranger Things? Like, Let's how see. cool is that connection?" New nightmare. Um, yeah, no, it is a good, good eye. Uh, that's I can spot nightmare anywhere, like anywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, not off the top of my head, but I, I have that sense about some things that my wife goes, you're probably autistic. And I go, I probably am. As I said, I say the same thing. I tell my <laughs> husband, I was like, so nobody else reads IMDb for fun. I do. Like no, he's like he now does it too because like I got him addicted to doing it. But I'm like, it's just what I do. I'm like a rolodex of information. Like I know I, so much pop culture stuff. I actually, I, yeah, I I use I when I sit there and we watch anything, I go to just you know read the little trivia facts and blah blah blah. And if anything I pull out today, it either came from there or the the yeah. doc. Um. So, uh, but they. They uh, where we're at in the movie though they they go downstairs normal morning after the earthquake but we do reveal this is the fifth earthquake in three weeks which is a little alarming and um uh Dylan is watching though Nightmare on Elm Street like before the morning and she freaks out which fair right uh and in this version of Nancy like she's so concerned with Nightmare and you know that that was. Wes's message of this movie really stemmed from, you know, do and it's the scream thing. Do movies make monsters, and is this good for children? Right. Um, but uh, one thing I noticed with the set decoration, I thought, who the hell? Like, do you ever does, does it stands out to me every time the way the pots and pans are just hanging above oh. the kitchen. Every time I go, what what was the design there? That's such a '90s thing. That was oh. a huge thing in the '90s. Uh. So like. And I think it was because the rise of like things like the Food Network, and so oh, like like Ina Gardner and all that stuff like that. They had Emerald. all their pot, Emerald. They had all yeah. their pots like hanging, and so it was incorporated in like every home design in the nineties. It was so cool. It was so trashy for like yeah, I, I'm not up. not for My me. My aunt still has her pots hanging. 
hang up. And I'm just like, oh my god, it's 2023. Take them <laughs> down and put them in a cabinet. Now, uh, the, the the Gen Zs are going to bring it back. I they will. They bring everything back. Uh, <laughs> I love I love it. I'm here for it. I've got to tell my mom was like, is this how you felt? And like I was screaming. She's like, yeah, 100. Yeah, my, to being old. <laughs> my wife with any this style brings. She's like, you're wearing this again. You know. Yeah. Sure. Like we're uh. We're in a deep, deep binge of One Tree Hill and like that mid two thousands, and she's yeah. like, she's like, yeah, that's back now. I'm like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, but in that scene, at the same time, though, the one other thing I didn't reveal, which I do think is important, is uh, she gets another prank phone call from someone being Freddy, and this has been happening, and uh, good on Heather Langenkamp because you know she let them use the real life stalker. Uh, storyline in the movie which is must have been really hard to include. she had a lot of reservations on doing this film yeah um, and we've so she's talked about it publicly but like then we've like talked about her in private mm. stuff like that she had a lot of reservations on doing this film because she didn't want people to think that this was really her life like she sure. she some of it is similar to things that she went through in regards to like the stalker and that mm-hmm. stuff but like she, she even said like she was very adamant like she didn't want to talk about mental illness because she didn't want people to think like that somebody in her that was that line was true because my you know, family yeah, right like the, it's in my family and she's even said like publicly she said that her and Wes like argued about that one day she says she never argues with Wes like Wes mm. was a hero you know yeah but um but she she had a lot of reservation doing this but afterwards like she loves it. You know, that's her. Mm-hmm. I think that's. I think that's probably her favorite. I. She's not a fan of Dream Warriors. I believe that. She, uh, um, and she likes the original. Silly. I. Interesting. Well, hey, that that's good to know. I mean, the original is the original. I mean, I Dream Warriors is really fun, but I could see if like that's your character's arc, like to be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then this movie is just amazing. So I'm glad she did it because like it is by my favorite. Um, I know I own this. this Terrible, I'm sure it's this terrible bootleg edited together nightmare version called the Nancy Cut. Yes, and I have I have not seen it, but I've all of my friends have it. It's six, it's like six hours, like four hours or something like that. Six hours. I watched it one day. Just just watch all three movies. It's it's they literally do nothing yeah. to it, they just cut it. And yeah. then it goes to Nancy's story. Well, here's and the it, thing that people don't know, and we don't—I haven't really publicly talked about this, like on TikTok or any of that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, for like, like my followers growing a little bit, I haven't really talked about this. But in 2016, um, my team and I, what started Fredheads was we made a, a fan film, a 45-minute fan film with Heather Legging. Oh, amazing! And, it, and it's called "Don't Fall Asleep: The Untold Nancy Thompson Story." Oh, so it's what happens between one and three. And so it's like directly after the first film when she opens the door, it's like the the canon storyline mm-hmm. of what happens to her because New Line Cinema commissioned comic books. Oh my god, that's movie. amazing! Yeah. Yes. And so we like let's turn it into a film, and so we did that, and then it's like it halfway through it does a five year dump, so mm-hmm. it like takes place right as part two is happening. Um, and so we have kind of thought about maybe creating our own Nancy cut and like taking our film the original part three put it all together and like putting it all together and like could, throwing it on youtube or something or you know that's amazing thank thank you for sharing that because that is a excellent yeah that that was but it a, is but, but i'm the same way as you are i'm like i'm like just watch the three films well i put i bought it as like um uh some of the collector i i wanted to get a couple things that are on streaming but not on physical so you know yeah. I, I had found the lane to buy stuff like that 
and I saw them advertise it and I went, well, you know, I have an extra $20. Let's see what this is about. Yeah. The description sold me. I'm a, I'm a sucker. Um, but yeah, just watch the movies. Um, give Bob Shea his money. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Or don't. Um, but, uh, so we go back and now we're like back on the set. And this is that we go right to that, um, that talk show scene basically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she has to get there. And that's why I said, this is a world where like everyone's in demand. Um, I do like that when she says, I know I'm jumping around, but you know, the movie and everyone knows the movie. <laughs> um, if you don't, why are you, why are you listening to this? Yeah. You, know <laughs> you go, go to watch the, it and come back to this moment right now. I, so, but we go to the, 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 the interview and like, Robert comes out in the full Freddy makeup and, you know, hams it up and he has his, and, uh, and, you know, surprise, you know, does, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You are all my children now. Yeah. And he says, all the little kids and the things screaming with the Freddy mask. And I always said, I'd be the kid like wearing a Nancy streak or like the Nancy pajamas. Like, where are the, uh, that's the whole point. It's like, where are the Nancy kids? They're not, they're all Freddy maniacs. It's Freddie Mania, and he's he's she's waiting for her car, and the and she sees everyone signing, and her and Robert have that like this is like so slick in Hollywood at that time, and then you you know it gives her a kiss on the cheek goodbye, and like okay they're friendly, yeah. Uh, um, but uh, you know at, at that point, um, you know, and then she shuts. The, I like how she shuts the driver down in that scene too, a little before that too, like yeah. which. Still never, once again, makes sense to me because he's like, you're in that movie, right? And then then he's immediately up to date. He's like, so Freddy's dead, but you didn't know the name of Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. Uh, <laughs> I think that's also, I think that kind of also is a play on how popular Freddy um, was. And I think it was a take on, on where he was in the world. Like, you can't recognize people by name. So it's like, you're in that movie. Oh, that yeah. Girl, right, right, right. But then the second he realizes it. Oh yeah, it is Freddy. Then all of a sudden Freddy sets off that light bulb because everybody knows Freddy. Everybody mm-hmm. knows it. Like, yeah. It's, it's great. Uh, that's a good point on that. Cause like, I'm just, you know, being cynical. Um, <laughs> I, an- the problem is I analyze everything. In the yeah. Movies, so I can have like a breakdown. For yeah. You were, that's, that's for everything. Like that's good. Uh, so and then we, and then I believe we, we, that's when she's like, well, Bob wants to see you. And she goes to this such like, like, by the way, I love this movie. I think it works, you know, and admittedly. So Bob Shea's not an actor and anytime he's on screen, it, it shows. Yeah. And he's so nervous in that scene. You can see him. He's like yeah. literally shaking. His he's like, ah, oh, I guess he's having really scary dreams again. And, you know, she kind of yeah, goes back. One of my favorite lines about this though, from this and you as a West Westhead would uh is how she's like, I didn't thought she's like, I thought Wes wasn't doing horror movies, you know. And I'm like, did he already direct like music of the heart? No, because that's his only non-horror movie, like true uh, horror yeah. movie. He took a break. Wes Craven took a break. Oh, is that what that yeah, line was? Okay. Just in general, just in general. He took okay. A break. That makes sense. This was I was his like, return. Yeah, I was like, that's, that's why he felt so bad because when it bombed, he's that's why he wasn't gonna do Scream. He turned Scream down the mm-hmm. time. And he's like, no, I'm done. Yeah, because he does like 
Vampire in Brooklyn, Scream, mm-hmm. uh, People Under the Stairs, I think. People Under the Stairs was 91. It was before this. It was before, yeah. And it was, so. and then he took a break between, I think, People Under the Stairs and uh, West Virginia. That makes sense. Yeah. And um, anyway, I just it made me, you know, look up and I'm like, no, no, because uh, he's a talented filmmaker. Yeah. I, I, Kind of seen everything, like oh, music of the heart. Like I know that's the one outlier, right? Of like he's the only one I've never seen. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's nice. It's a nice movie. Um, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, but I've always been interested in it. But like, because it's a Wes Craven movie, but I don't know. It's nice. It's that's like it's it's a it's a romp. You know, it's a smalty, very movie, and I. Like that, Wes Craven with stuff like that it reminds me a lot of how uh, like Ridley Scott is too. Like mm-hmm. this really diverse filmmaker. When you look at their filmography, you're like, wait, they they did these movies, but I thought they were just like Alien, right. Right. Um, so or Gladiator or whatever, you know. And because um, even like jumping ahead a little bit or in his filmography, I know this was talked about in your Nightmare, but the Wes Craven podcast is. Like Red Eye is such a different movie yeah. than some of his other films, and it's um, not talked about a lot either. A lot of people don't talk about Red Eye a lot. Mm-hmm. We, talk, we uh, one of our actors in one of our films before, like we uh, we were talking about Wes Craven and stuff, and we asked him like what his favorite was, and he said Red Eye. And we were shocked. Yeah, we were, it's, we were like, oh my god, nobody talks about Red Eye. It's yeah. this strange political thriller that has this like Twilight Zone vibe to it that like none of his other movies have. Yeah. Um, any again, it like speaks on time. It speaks on things like that's, yeah. That's what his stuff is. It's his it just has a message. Mm-hmm. Two thousand four or five or whatever. Like that's yeah. What's gonna come out? Um. So, but we do that, and then we get the scene, and she has Bib Bob, and he's just kind of like, you know, come on, you know, come back, come back. We, we're gonna reboot it. I know Freddie's dead, but this, you know, how Hollywood works, right? Um. Okay, and she debates with it, but you know everything really is about um, Dylan, right? Everything right. to me in this revolves around Dylan. Every scene, uh, his concern, because uh, we're talking about overanalyzing, and that's I think the one flaw from for doing a podcast is when I'm taking notes, I'm writing things that I normally wouldn't like mention. Yeah. Um, you know, when she pulls up to the house, she hears the scream of Dylan, and I'm like, how the hell did she hear his scream? That must have been murder. Right. Like, he's in the car, and she runs in. Uh, Especially because his room is in the back of the house, yep. and she's pulling up to the front. Yeah. It's it, a movie. It's mom senses. We'll just, right. It's mom sense. She runs in. Dylan uh, has his first encounter with Freddy. It's kind of alluded to. He has Rex, who saved him and I, I i love the story that like miko and west share if you listen to New, never uh never sleep again is you know he kept the stuffed animal the stuffed animal that's sewn up and they still have it and and west still has the the copy or yeah, had jar. the copy yeah it's so one in a jar yeah, yeah it's amazing i love that um and you could tell like if you're doing that that's how special this you know movies probably was to him as well yeah. um but that's happening and you get this motif and um it was really interesting that this is at the end of the day it's i mean it's i guess heavy-handed but it's hansel and gretel right at the end of the day uh yeah. and that's what she's reading to him and i'm like i wrote in all caps 
I know it's the motif and we're just foreshadowing. Like, of all the movies or books to read to your troubled child, you're reading. Oh. <laughs> right. Well, they saved his life. Like, it that's did. the thing. I, the thing I love about Wes Craven's Do Nightmare is it, I'm one of the many million things I love about this. Mm -hmm. This is the first one that you see Freddie actually go after a child. Yeah, you know, it's in like, a, it's six films. He's a child killer. He's a child killer, but he's only going after teenagers. This is mm -hmm. really seeing what this is really seeing like who Freddy truly is because he's tormenting the child. He's playing he with easily, him, right? He could easily grab him and snatch him up, but he's like tormenting him, and he's like raising that fear so that way when the kill is there, it's going to be so good and pleasurable for him. Mm -hmm. and that shows how truly sick and, and twisted and demented he is as a character, and seeing like you know, the the Dylan character's demise throughout the film, how he starts up this like kind of little happy, fun, you know, you know, kid to this like tortured, tortured five year old by this demonic entity. It's it's crazy to see that this is the first time. Yeah, oh my god, that's that's an amazing point because like Yeah, they really do put him on the journey and like Heather is really there just you know, to have her own journey, but also help guide through that. Like, right. and, uh, um, yeah, they, they, uh, sorry, I'm lost train of thought there. Uh, so have that and like, oh, wow. What a brain fart to have after such a good <laughs> conversation. Um, but so they have that and it is Dylan's journey and like even like the just the people that the two losses in the movie are uh I was gonna kinda wait till they happen when it's about to happen is I feel bad like I feel bad for both ones. It's actually the death of Julie, the babysitter, uh I think is the harshest and like most heartbreaking death of the whole franchise. It's really? the only, yeah. for me, it's the only one that like um I think uh I know that's further in the movie film, but like how much she just as the nanny or like babysitter cares for Dylan. She's not doing anything. She's not a teen, you know, she's not this teen, she's not anything. She's she's not connected at all. She's not connected. Loving this kid. Yeah, and she gets, uh, you know, it's a mimic of the first movie, uh, when the body, when I'm terrible with the names, but it gets dragged around the room. Yeah, yeah, Tina. It's Tina like, gets it's like a homage to Tina's death. Yeah, and I think it's such a harsher. I mean, it's not you know the dead body, the body bag in the of Tina following Nancy's scary. It's just heartbreaking to me when she dies. Yeah. Like, and especially like when you do see Freddie in there, and like towards that end, Freddie when he's more in the real world. He does. They did a really nice job of making him this the cartoon that we knew he was, but still having him this sinister way of like like today watching it like many times. Seen it, first time I noticed, you know, he has this like like tilt head tilt smirk while her body is just there. Yeah, and that to me is the most heartbreaking. And then you know, same with like Chase dying in the car wreck. It's just like losing. You know, that's what happened. But. Anyone wants to hear the breakdown of it, watch the movie. But <laughs> um, but that's what the next scene is, is really, you know, uh, Nancy and Chase kind of have an argument about the glove because he's building the glove. And she keeps having these nightmares about uh, 
close to death or him dying and, and she keeps waking up, but something's wrong. She's like, something's wrong with Dylan. You got to come back. Right. And. I love when she says, well, the, so the two special effects guys in her dream are called Chuck and Terry. Mm-hmm. And I love when like, he, they, like the realization of like, you know, her husband is working on this project behind her back. And like she's like questioning it, and he's kind of questioning her sanity a little bit. And she's like, "Where are Chuck and Terry? Yeah, where are Chuck and Terry? What happened to Chuck and Terry?" He's like, "I don't know. They didn't show up. They're they're whatever." You know, he's like, Is mm-hmm. he gonna? Then he tries to downplay it with her. Yeah, and she's like saying like, "No, I, something is going on." And it's just very indicative of of Nancy in the first film, and that's why this film is so meta is because it's very indicative of that of where. She's telling people something is going on and people are discrediting her and they're not believing her. And they're and in the end she's the final one standing because one she's crap. questioning everything and fighting back. And I, I, I know I find it this the most scary trope in a, in any horror movie. Um it's everyone is in on the joke except for you. And that's yeah. that. That's Nancy. Everyone's not listening to you. Right. Because they're in on this thing. Right. Um 100%. I, and with that, like, she does, she slowly, like everyone else, morphs into who Nancy was and not who Heather is. Right. I mean, you know, I, I every time let out a giant, just as a fan, let out a giant laugh when, you know, she has the coffee pot next to the bed again. Yeah, yeah. You know, like. Yeah. Like, it's such a, it's such a, it's such a fun thing from the first, from the original, because that's like. Like, because who normally keeps the coffee pot in their room? Like, Heather oh. and Cam keep the coffee pot in her room. No, she keeps like, the coffee pot in her room. It's a very Nancy thing to do. Yeah. Just, and that's a thing that a lot of people who aren't, who are just casual observers of the films, like, wouldn't catch up on. But if you're a fan of the films, you catch up. That's really where she starts becoming Nancy, mm-hmm. is she starts putting the coffee pot in her room. You know, it's not when she accepts saying dad to uh, John Saxton. Right. Uh, she's already gone by then. She has yeah. a white streak in her hair. You know, it, it's it's Nancy, and I know the clothing matches too. Like yeah, towards a yeah. certain point. Um, but yeah, she she really, you know, she not only cares about her husband. She wants to know what's going on because she knows she's having premonitions. Like, uh, and at this point, she has not met up with um. Robert or uh or like having the she has not had the conversation with Robert or Wes yet. No, um, that happens after the funeral. So at the yeah. funeral, Robert confronts her at the funeral asking if she's and I do like so Chase dies in a car wreck, he comes jetting out home, he's like, Fuck this, I'm upset. I guess that's I guess three hours is a normal different a normal in California to have a ride because like, wow, that's really far drive. Yeah. Like I'd be like, What's What's wrong with Dylan? What's his problem? Maybe right. we like. He's like, I'll be there at nine. Okay. Um, but uh, the way he dies too, it's, it's, it's funny. So there's a lot of movement of Freddy's claws early on. Like you know, it's mimicking the, the original, but like the bed later, and same with the, in the car, like the jaws shark fin moves. Right, it has that yeah. fluidity to it. But I love the little scratch of his of of his of his groin like it's mm-hmm. this it gives that higher bit of like freddy play but you know he said never dive too deep into silly right and then he just goes for his chest rips him out cops show up to heathers and um house and it's you know husband's dead and she goes down to the morgue to check 
check out the body, and this is when she's like, I know what those claws are. That scene always creeps me out in the morgue where she's walking down and the nuns are crying as they're like walking past her. Even to this day, when I walk, mm-hmm. I get chills because it's it's something about the echoing and the haunting, and they're just crying, and crying, it's, and crying. It's such a little moment, but you're right. It's 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 haunting, and I think that is the scary moments in most horror movies. Little tiny moments, not the big kills. Like right, I would. Yeah. I don't think I'd ever put most of these movies on and be like, oh, like, we're going to be scared today. Oh, no. Maybe, except maybe, like, my wife, who's not a horror fan, but, like, and um, I mentioned earlier, like, it's funny when I ask her, and she goes, oh, I remember in in the sleepovers, children, they watched Nightmare on Elm Street, and she Mm -hmm. covered her eyes the whole time. I mean, her origin story is The Ring, and that's the whole thing, but she does cite Nightmare, you know, as why do they? And so, but, um, so, but, I would never put this on of anyone maybe over the age of like 17, 16 and be like, you're going to be afraid. You're going to love this movie. And if you're afraid, you probably don't like this stuff. Yeah, it's just, it's not a scary movie. It's just a good film. Um, It's just a great film. And so, uh, yeah. So anyway, the the chase is dead. And uh, I also like, always surprised every time I watch it by her puking in that scene too, just because it's, it's also another thing that's so out of, out of uh, the filmmaking of these movies of like right. a nonviolent kill, which throw up. Um, so um, during the funeral, uh, yes, during the funeral, we're at the coffin and she kind of falls asleep. because She hasn't been sleeping. She hits her head and she thinks Dylan's missing, and that is our first glimpse of Freddy, yeah. of this Freddy, and he's taking her down to the coffin. Um, One of the great things about this movie and the dream sequences is, I think when we get into dreams, it really shows the long tunneling of dreams. Yeah. Like, every room looks like it leads to nowhere, whether it's the sheets or right. the coffin, and that was really never done in the other ones. I mean, we have some amazing kills, but that thing you feel in dreams doesn't right they almost show the mythology of dreams they show the things that we all see in our heads that like never-ending door keeps opening Mm -hmm. it's like you keep going through a door through a door through a door like that's how this is it's like you just see the hallways connecting you see like it's like a tube system and um it's yeah it's 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 i don't know it's it's enchanting like i want to go to the haunted house version of the new nightmare uh so, another earthquake kind of happens, and she hits her head. And as someone who hit my head a couple of weeks ago, like her head must have been killing her because I've had like had I had like a headache for a week. And I, I'm like, oh, that that stays with you. But uh, John Saxon comes to say, like, kind of calms her down and saves her. And this is when we get the nightmare cast going in. And this start, this start, I noticed like in with naive, you know other nightmare alums in the background of the funeral yeah. like um Jesus Garcia was in the background yes. uh Tuesday night was in the background and um obviously like Robert and some actress playing his wife because that was not really no. that's not really Nancy England um and then like a bunch of like people from like Sarah Risher um mm-hmm. who's a huge like producer in New Line and like a bunch gotcha. of like really yeah it's just it was very neat to you know, yeah, uh, let's play the Where's Waldo of, of the movie. Um, so 
you know, he comes and it's, it's still a friend role of that. Like, I don't think he takes on the father role immediately, but once again, it's, it's more there than not. Right. Um, and you know, so, and I, you like the camera lingers on West, like looking at the trees going like, ah, I got to finish this. Uh, I know, you know, this, uh, from the, from just knowing all about this is, the original script idea of him driving around with uh, the Hills Have Eyes guy and the yeah, his eyelids clipped. Yeah. yeah, it would be a different movie, but like I couldn't imagine that. I don't know. If, I don't know if I could. I the movie that we got is so great, and I love that, it. Like Wes plays it so coy throughout the film that, until the confrontation. Oh, when he's just completely unhinged. What are you talking about? I, I'm so sorry that I I wrote your son and husband's death into a script. Like you got to deal with it to learn. You just got to deal with it and grow. You got to embrace it and be Nancy one last time. Like, content, content. We need content, right? Um, but uh, I don't know that that would fit in like maybe your 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 background of your rooms making me think this, but that would just that would fit in like the child's play universe. Oh yeah, for sure. Right, like that. I could see like you know. Chucky holding someone at gunpoint with their eyes lids cut off. I mean, like, we're running from Tiff. Right. Like, uh, it's more comedy. It's more, yeah. it wouldn't have come off, like, it, how he wanted it to. I could, it could visualize it, and I could see it, like, in a comic book. I don't know if yeah. I could see it in a movie. Right. Um, But, we, uh, we, we go back from the funeral, and, and they're grieving, and, you know, she just, she helps just confront, uh, uh, sympathize, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, comfort, Dylan. And, um, you know, she says something that I thought was really loving and neat of just, you know, don't worry, I'll always be here when I can't come with you in your dreams. Right. It was only in Dream Warriors I was able to do that. Like, I will help you and I'll always be there. And, um, but then the, right after that is when we go to, uh, oh, sorry, there's a few things I know I'm not trying to run through the movie at all, but like there are a few things Dylan's doing some sort of like demo, like, a exorcist type, uh, possession type things where he's, he's singing a Freddie song. He's, right. you know, bombing at the mouth. His nose yeah. Never. Um, and then she's also getting letters sent to her mm-hmm. that are like actual letters, not like written letters, like a, like a letter E or a letter mm-hmm. like on a on, on a Bible verse. On Bible verse. Oh, I think there Bible were. Verse? I think there were Bible pages. I thought they were newspaper clippings, like articles. Maybe they were. I. I, I but it could I, be. I don't know. I'm gonna have to go back and watch it now because I just ma- show me something. On yeah, I just it. I made the assumption they were Bible, especially like. Uh, oh, it very maybe, well could be. Just because, especially like how Wes Craven is very like about exploring religious themes, and some of that yeah. is in this movie, like yeah, yeah, yeah. with like closer to God, you know, or is he Dylan closer to God? And like Wes Craven was going to be a you know wanted to be a priest originally, so all that is through his movies. So yeah. I thought they were Bible pages from the Bible, it but very well could be. If you're, yeah. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch. Yeah. It, so like, if I, I did teach you something, wow, I feel I'm that excited. makes me yeah. Um, another reason to watch it i just watched it yesterday <laughs> i watched it this morning it. i don't care i'll watch it again I don't care. all right you gotta let me know on that um and but yeah she's receiving all those and a little bit before that uh this that is when dylan climbs up the the place that uh well the giant tower place that was talking to john saxton and 
that's when she mentions the mental illness stuff in her family to him and it's covering, but he's just like, no, he'll be fine. Like they're kids. Like you're, everyone has a kooky family, you know, yeah, like Sonny Bono had somebody in the yeah, what a, who wouldn't be acting the way, you know, like I'm like, why John Saxon brings Sonny Bono up? Like, I like I, just a big, big Sonny head. Yeah. You know, he's so we're just trying to get his Sonny Bono message out there. Yeah, John Saxon's the name dropper. He's like, don't go skiing. Right. Um, right. That's a, it's a bad think, I'm sorry. Anyone, I don't think anyone sorry. under a certain age is going to get that joke. But I love a bad it. joke, but no, but I love it. It's a good right. joke. It's like one of those jokes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, um. But so, but that that is, conversation happens. One thing I noticed on this though is the woman who just has her kids running away instead of seeing a kid on top of that tower. She's like, "I'm saving my kids, but good <laughs> yeah. luck to that kid." Uh, but she makes the greatest catch in the world. She sprints over. Gets them in their arms. And, uh, but you're right. And this is when the male and she calls, and then, uh, she calls Robert. Right. And he's like, she's like, and he's like, normal Robert England or what the movie is telling us of who Robert England is. And, yeah. Oh, and then midway through the call, he, that's when he gets a little possessed and he's like, well, you can't come over. And he's painting this really awesome Freddie painting and I want it. Yeah, dude, my uh, my friend DeAndre has it, and it's oh her. cool. She's in the documentary, but she also yes. has uh, a channel called Captain Sassy Media on YouTube, and she had she has it. Someone painted it for her. I think it's like a gift, and it's in her backdrop. And every time we're like doing something like this, and I'm like, and I'm like, I'm so freaking jealous. Like I want that's, it so bad. I want to commission someone to do it. It's so good. I might, I maybe I could paint a little bit. Maybe I. Could try it. I thought about it too cuz I can paint too so I was like yeah I'll attempt it but I don't know. It it's like a pretty like mimicable mimicable style I think right yeah. if like if he was doing an like, an intense oil painting like no nah, commission right, that. Right right. But uh very cool painting but that is him changing and then like nowhere to be found right like the England residence there's a phone call later we're going to be out of uh, town for some time. Yes, we won't be getting back to you. Yeah, amazing. And uh, then you know, this is this. I keep saying this is the full turn, but this is really like you know, if we're in the paranormal activity, this is the last night, right? (laughs) Of uh, of hauntings, and um, well, I guess not really, but she wakes up in the middle of the night. And after a like a Freddy dream, and he's standing there because now we're seeing him more and more. Yeah, he's getting more active. We he's like showing up more. Like he sliced the bed while she was sleeping. It's like such to me. That's my favorite uh, knife slicing too. Yeah. This hand knife slicing. It's it's so clean. Oh yeah, it's a very clean cut. Like it's. I didn't they talk about it? In Never sleep again too. How like they they told her don't move. No, I don't it, like think so. It, because it wasn't CGI. That was all. That was um. Oh, was I missed I maybe I missed. name under the bed. He's under the bed. Mm. So she couldn't move past a certain point because he was about to go up. Yeah. And so as he goes up, was it Mark Lushum? I don't know if it was Mark Lushum. No. I'll have to look into who it was. But the, it is such a clean cut. Like it yeah. just the way that it just slices through. It's it's so it, it it moves like the jaws fin. Like that. Yeah. That is like um. Yeah, I missed that. Maybe I missed that. This, like I said, I watched it this morning or the segment this morning, and I must have missed it. Or, uh, but yeah, it's God. You imagine you moved, and it's like, well, <laughs> yeah, like oh well, <laughs> like sorry, they're real sharp. 
Yeah. Um, but she runs downstairs because she hears Dylan, and we're in a dream within a dream, and Dylan has also the greatest knife tape that like every kid wanted to do to mimic yeah. that as well. And he and he has the thumb too, which I love too. Like it's the new Freddy. Yeah, because he's so that's very telling that he's seeing that Freddy. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not the one he's watching on TV. It's yeah, like, that's who's haunting him. Is that Freddy? The TV's just a pl- like a ploy, and right. and um, and when she is that, she gets the the famous the 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 famous phone call tongue in there, and I actually he says I touched him. I touched him. Oh, I missed. Yeah. Ooh. So okay. So what happens is this. So she comes downstairs. And he attacks her with a knife, and she wakes up, and it's another. Yes. She thinks it's another earthquake, but it's not. So she runs downstairs, and on the TV is playing a Nightmare on Elm Street again. Yes, unplugged, mm-hmm. and he's now Dylan is now circling all the letters. So he put all the letters together, mm-hmm. and he's saying, "Never sleep again. Yes. Never sleep again." And it's and she's like, "What?" She's confused. And it says, answer the phone. And yes. she's realizing it. And so then she gets the prank phone call. And he says, I touched him. And so, so then she realizes it's really Freddy. Why did I miss that? I mean, the whole Obviously, the whole thing. Why did I miss yeah. that he touched him? That's oh, yeah. it's so chilling. Yeah. Um, and so it's like scary. And then the phone starts foaming. And mm, Dylan is foaming. And it's, it makes you think, are we in the dream again? Or is this mm. really happening? Is this real life? Like, yeah. And that's when she brings him to the the hospital that it's it is so creepy yeah. um and yeah the the doctor it, doesn't believe her Fran's oh, in the it. oh doctor, my god she's amazing she's so good because she pisses me off so yeah. much <laughs> yeah. she's like she's like the movies you, you yeah. it's 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 like when it's actually to tell like doctors and like i know this is like um you know i but my wife been has had some uh like gut issues last few years and like yeah. going through it it reminded me of like yeah doctors like how to twist their arm to like believe me and it's like a thing i know a lot of women go through of like doctors won't do certain and that's what yeah. that reminded me of in like a you know in a little personal level of like yeah um you've been seeing the man yeah and it's like it's not slagging camp it's like not has there been not... anything that has happened and she <laughs> says well his father just died, died. I don't yeah. think that's it. That's not what traumatized him. Not his father dying. It must be those movies that you were in before he was born or ever yeah. thought of. Not his father dying. Not his father dying. And she, she, the way she acts it too is like, is that she isn't a, she is a dream person. Right. One track. Yeah. No, not his father. Um, so she does keep her, keep him overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I also when she goes back, you know, she goes back to the house, and this is when we see that we talked a little earlier. She sees the coffee yeah. pot, and they were. Um, she speaks to West before then, and this is when he's like, "No, this, you know, we, the, you know, no, just some things have to happen, and I have to let the demon out." And you know, it, it, when the movie stopped, uh, we were on inside of the bottle now. Yeah, we were unable to contain it. It was contained in those movies. Um, and, you know. It's such a good scene because the dichotomy between the two of them, where she's like, Well, you know very well it's not a film now. It's more than that now. And he's like, I didn't know. And she chases him into his office 
we're like on this computer screen. She's like, well, what do we do about it, Wes? What do we do now? And he says, you're going to have to make a decision. She goes, decision <laughs> is whether or not you're going to play Nancy one last time. And then it shows it on the computer it's screen. It's amazing. Tired. It's so brilliant. It's so great. Yeah. And, and then that is, we lead to, you know, then her being Nancy and reading up on it, and all the books. How do I get that? And it's so like, right? Like, what is Nancy Thompson? She's the girl who took out a uh, army survival guide uh, bo- or on booby traps, you know, and that's the character written, you know. So, and during that scene, we reveal uh, the F- uh, FX guys were murdered. Yeah. And uh, Nancy falls asleep and she gets a similar arm, uh, you know. Uh, uh, arm wound of the slashes and goose the hospital in with the with the with the wound but also enraged and it was another well, it's mo- the first time they it's the first time they see freddy that's so that's the first time they see each other so the yes. comes on and she says the world of horror suffered it its own tragic you're day. oh shit and you're then, right and then so they it's an earthquake happens the coffee breaks and she's like oh my god and then she hears something in the closet and she opens the closet and as she's there, Freddie pops out and goes, miss me. Mm-hmm. And then they fight. And when they fight, they're fighting on the bed. They're kind of, it's like an old school, like from the first one. It's, it's, then, it's a then, little sloppy. It's great. Yeah, it's great. And then that's when the earthquake happens and he disappears. Mm-hmm. So she realizes, I've got to get to Dylan. He's real. And so then she flies to the hospital. And yeah, and it's close. Like, I, I do like they give us the geography. Like, for a movie that relies on the geography. And yeah. she's like, no, it, it's 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 15 minutes away. I could be there. Right. It's like um, right across the freeway. And that scene, uh, that that is one has grown on me. Because that's what I, the freeway went out. I'll wait for that. But yeah, she, we'll talk about that. She, uh, well, she goes to the hospital and... It baffles me that like the doctor's like he's fine. I mean, he had a little little uh little episode, so we put him in oxygen, you know, room and you know to stabilize. And I'm like, that's the first thing the parent should be notified about. Like, right. there was complications, right? Um, and uh, but you know, she freaks out and and Julie's there, and that's what like I know I kind of went into detail about that a little earlier, but like. That's when she's like, I just felt I had to be here and I, you know, I want to be. And that's where I was like, this is like, I can't think of a, and I, I don't know the movies yeah. as back, you know, back and front to back as as you do. But like, when I think of all, uh, was it six or seven movies? This was the meanest death to me. And I'm really, I'm, I'm for it. I'm for it. Like, yeah. you know, but to me, I this think, is, I don't oh, know. Girl. I think the meanest death to me was Taryn. So Taryn, throughout, she's in part three. She's the one who dies by the drug overdose. Oh, yes. So, that's a, that's a. Yeah, it's so sad because she's trying so hard to be in recovery. She's bad. Film. Yes. How he kills her in the dream is how she's going to wake up. So people are going to think she relapsed. Ooh. And when so, you like, that, so to yeah. me, like, it's so, it's so, that's, it's so sad. It's the worst death for me because it's like he got so much pleasure in that. And like, no, that... Ah, here it is. You are going to think you overdose and I'm the one doing it to you. You know what? That that's meaner. That's me. Yeah, I, I should that's, say that's, that's when you put it that way. Yeah, I, uh, this one is really mean too. You, it, not to diminish from Julie's. No, death. It, Julie's death is very brutal. They equal. They equally could be mean. Yeah. Um because it remind. You know what? It reminds me of um, uh, my other favorite series, and I know it's such a different tone, but it's in the same year too. It's it's so close the way it looks too. Of um, 
I'm so bad with names, but in Candyman, her uh, her writing partner's death, where you know they think she killed her, right? They're shot so similarly, and like, and that movie in itself is oh, Candyman is one of my top. That's that's me too. That's one of my favorites of all time. It's instantly Uh, rewatched. It's it's perfect. Come back on and talk about Candyman, but yeah, I will definitely. (laughs) Um. But they they're they're very similar. Maybe it's just the lighting, and like I'm a very visual person. But that one, and we like I said, I spoke about it a little earlier. Someone delve on that. But that one's hard to watch. And I also just love how she socks. There's these two nurses that are there just to be punching bags because one gets hit in the face. Yeah. And I love Craven's daughter. Is it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit. She's holding the needle, and she's like, you really want this? Yeah, the one holding the needle is like, oh, that's, <laughs> like that's Jessica Craven. She's awesome. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And then and then when Nancy runs back in, she gut checks the other one. Yeah. Um, she's like, I know where Dylan's going. He's yeah. going home. And that was real. That was an accident. Heather really gut oh, checked no. her. Yeah, so she sent her flowers. Out oh, her good, room, good like, for her. But it was like a, that. That's why the reaction was real because like Heather like really like bed checked her. It was that. It was. Oh like, shit! Like, it's beautiful. That's one of my favorite moments of the whole film. My, me and my best friend recreate that all the time. We see each other and he's like, <laughs> and I'm like checking him constantly. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, we. And uh, so she runs through with it and uh, she drives, but she hits the freeway, and then this is Dylan running across the freeway, and uh. I would say that I've grown to love that scene, um, but as a, when I saw it as a kid, I remember because you know, like, uh, you know, you're a kid, you don't really have the nuance. I remember watching this yeah. at like my aunt's house and this and that, and uh, being like, "This movie's fucking great." But I always remember because maybe the CGI or something. It was this yeah. so out of place scene, but do, every time I watch since, it's actually amazing because it's yeah. it's the way Freddie's playing with him of just lifting him up. Nope. Oh, like I know I'm gonna make you safe across the the highway. Yeah, it's my favorite scene in any movie, in really? any film to oh. ever exist. Is that freeway scene? Sorry, right eight year old me was a little jerk about it. No, 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 it's cool. Like I think that it's different perspectives of it. Like when right from when she exits the room and she tells her, you know, he's fully capable of walking out of this hospital. He's safe, mm-hmm. walked, you idiot. Oh shit! From there on, it's my favorite part, and I love when she gets to the highway. It just shows what she's so under Heather Lagenkamp and Nancy Thompson in general are so incredibly underappreciated in the horror community. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Like there's been a recent surge of talking about. Yeah. Thanks to you. Stuff. Thanks to you guys too. I mean, yeah, I hope, I hope that's, that's my whole mission. Like that's been my mission with my TikTok is like to make sure that like we're representing final girls and we're representing truly like women in horror and that we're not just figures and figments mm-hmm. of, of a horror film. And I think, Heather and Nancy do not get the respect that, that they deserve. And this scene just shows the type of character that she is. She runs through the middle of, a, of an expressway and gets hit by a car and still is like, get off of me. I have mm-hmm. something that I have to do. Don't <laughs> worry about me. I'm, I'm chasing after something bigger. She's just mo- she's the, the mom strength there. Like, you know, right. mission and care and, uh, well, yeah, you're, you're obviously you guys are you and, uh, Deandra and everyone doing that like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. either the you know this, this mission statement of uh your mission statement of putting final girls to the front is yeah. is great uh uh i know it's been noticed in my crowds um yeah for but, sure i feel like it's a resurgence of it, it is like it 10 is 10 years ago people didn't talk about it 
I now think, I feel like people are starting to notice more well, like, okay, we need to, we need to really think about uh, a billion tangents here, but like all the movies that are, we're calling it good and not just like fun horror movies, you know, oh, they're fun and then like them, they all have very important, good characters who are typically your final girls. Right. And that's why the movie works more than, you know, whatever. Like, I think the one stat that always comes out when someone's complaining about something, we're like, well, you know, Michael Myers is really only in the movie, first movie for six minutes. It's like, right. yeah, that's because that's Jamie Lee Curtis's movie. And it just happens right. that Friday. Same with Freddie. Right. You know, Nancy Thompson is in, the, or Heather Langham's probably, you know, most of the screen time and Freddie's probably like in the first movie for like 15 minutes or something. Well, like yeah. That. And we, for us, when we did our documentary, that was what, before we even rolled film, we knew that's what we were. Mm -hmm. We knew for us, like, so for those of you who haven't seen it, um, in the first half, we talk about Robert England, we talk about Freddie Krueger, we talk mm -hmm. about all of that. And then literally at the halfway point of the documentary, it says, but you know, the first film was all about Nancy, right? Yeah, I was. And then it switches. It switches to how, what the real meaning of it is. But that's the truth, is that if you look at A Nightmare on Elm Street, not in the eyes of Freddy Krueger, not in the pop culture way of how big of a person he is now. But if you look at that first film as a standalone film, that film is about Nancy Long. Oh, yeah. And and I think that the the villains tend to get super popular because they're fun and the kills are yeah. hilarious and they're great and they're bloody and everyone loves it. And I think that we tend to forget that that there is another side of it. And I love that in the past, I'd say the past good has 10 years, there has been a resurgence of the final role. Look, look at, at Samara Weaving, you know, oh, Jamie Ready or Not is... Back. Yeah, I love Ready so or Not. Good. So good. So uh, good. Uh, yeah, the Jamie, I mean, even look at like, uh, you know, the movie last year that took the horror world by storm, like Terrifier 2. Like, I, I was not a fan of Terrifier 1. I was just I like the original, but I haven't seen Oh, yet. okay. So yeah. for me, I was like, this just didn't work for me. I was yeah. talking about me, talking about the meanness of it. Like, I like the practice, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Second one, no spoiler, but it's, they oh, bring a, they bring a final girl in and it works and it actually is what makes that two and a half hour runtime move that's not just the horror icon. Um, you know, I have a hard time with like real, um, real gory dark horror films but for mm -hmm. some reason i liked terrifying i couldn't watch the scene where he hangs her upside down so if that's, that's too, yeah that's, it's so my husband's like you will not be able to sit through terrifying no two's rough so, i just yeah for the uh yeah point of it is saying like they brought someone in that is your nancy thompson that yeah. actually has a a purpose and a story and an arc and not just let's watch these women get killed right um so Back to New Nightmare. <laughs> uh, but this is when Freddy's fully out, right? The highway scene. And then we get John Paxton. Uh, yeah, uh, John Saxton. My autocorrect on my notes said John Paxton. That's not a person. <laughs> John Saxton. And he's at the front door. But now he has his police badge. And he's her father. He's John Thompson. Yeah. And yeah. she's like, what do you mean? She's like, yeah. I'm Why do you keep calling me Nancy, John? Yeah, you keep calling me John, Nancy. Yeah, you better take she, care of that kid. And then she says, "Dad," you know, yeah. and she runs in the house. And this is where she does accept Nancy. And I love what, the first uh, the first time is a little before Freddie meet Freddie says to her after that bedroom. She he calls her Nancy. And it's, yeah, and it's in that you know 
seductive voice that he that, that, that Robert could do. And um, it's kind of a voice you kind of never really heard also when he calls her Nancy, right? It's, yeah. it's uh, like, I could do a pretty good Freddy, but like, it's not that Freddy. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's like deep. It's like, it's like history. Like yes. they have history. Like Nan- he's calling. I, yeah. Nancy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was a good impression. Thank you. Thank you. I, yeah. Give me a little more and I could do a little more. Um, but anyway, she sees Rex is ripped and she runs in and she follows the, like earlier, the Hanson Gretel, the trail of sleeping pills, the breadcrumbs. And she's like, well, I know what my son wants me to do and he's safe. And I, I got to take them. And, um, that imagery when she goes underneath the sheets, yeah. like, I love when she lifts it up and there's like nothing. And then she lifts it up again and it's the whole world. It's like a slip and slide where she like dives in. You're God, you're, you're you're the you're you would probably know this. Like some of the imagery honestly reminds me of some of scenes from a much lower budget thing, but uh from some Are You for the Dark episodes have the same Yeah, I could see that. Have have the same like this long hallway mimic. There's a few episodes they have this dream, there's a few things and it's maybe just of the time and i'm also such a big fan of that series yeah, that me too. um i can't no, i can see that it reminds me a little bit of um and they're not at all the same no. it's in the same tone of the uh the episode where the little girl's trapped in the walls and she's writing like the help me on the mm-hmm. walls it's kind of like in that kind of like that bit. it's like that creepy shot like yes it's just yeah. long and endless and it's what it's we just keep saying is this captures this dream and this right. what dreams could the mythology of dreams and dreams could do and all that but once i don't see it but the second time i see it and it's wrong and she takes it and she walks down and, and then she slides through the mouth of freddie and like yeah. what a what a wonderful playland like that is one that that like i know the movie's not popular enough to do this but like that's what like halloween horror nights should have this 100 percent. i've always thought that or i've always thought that they should do um the dream warriors boiler room where they oh. come down the stairs and he's like you know he's like the, you hear the loud thumping and joey's laying there and he walks around the boiler room i always thought like those are such fantastic mm. sets. like halloween horror nights like is is, is missing that but i love mm. this one because it's very very much like Greek mythology. So mm-hmm. you see the columns everywhere, and it's what you imagine like Freddy's dream hell to do. Seven deadly sins are around, yeah. like um throws her against lust when yes. they like meet up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it, it was interesting always like so we watch Never Sleep Again is like, you know, Robert mentioning to being like, you know, there's always been this sexual tension between the two and some of I think some of that's there. Some of that might just be the actors. Like I, I you know, it, it's the in the viewer. I think for that context, but I think I, you know, I think with Freddie, I think that he is with that with everyone. Everyone, like, I mean, even even looking at like Jesse, like how he like oh, it's, it's almost like foreplay for him is to do that because if you look at it, Wes always originally wanted him to be a pedophile, mm-hmm. and they changed that. And there's so there's so much debate in the the horror community about it. Uh, in regards to it people are like no that's not what he is and it's like people need to understand that that is what he is. He that's just, what he is he, they just couldn't say it at that time because the movie would have never sold so and the movie works it works I think much better, better leaving it yeah it, right it's one of the reasons why the the they should not be renamed doesn't yeah. really work because <laughs> yeah. it's too heavy of a topic if there's something yeah. too heavy fans i feel like aren't going to be drawn to it and so 
there instead of it being a pedophile like robert plays him as this like you know it's it's almost like a course like a pedophile thing because they're still teenagers and he's mm-hmm. this 40 year old man and so it's like he's like taunting them but almost like it's foreplay for him like that's why he like strokes the cheek mm-hmm. the tongue know? i mean or the we'll, tongue yeah 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 about to lead to the uh it's actually where my notes stop because i just started watching and i stopped <laughs> taking notes so uh but we're about to lead through right like the one of the bigger set pieces down here like perfectly goes into that the phallic tongue that wraps around you know uh heather and you know she says in the doc like that was her least favorite ever and it was the most uncomfortable even though like she was very comfortable assuming with everyone around there right um yeah no it's 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 a very sexual thing but uh you know i it works with it just being not said it's not like even in like Freddy vs. Jason, like there's the one which I know is a very different mythology and movie compared yeah. to everything else. Like, you know, he licks the the when he licks the intro and he licks the kids' photos and puts them in the scrapbook, like yeah. you know, even that is like in the line of, ooh, you know, okay. And I even think that we see a claw against a child in the little like the like prologue of that and not uh anyway but you're right and then this one movie is the only movie we seem actually going after a child and uh but it's demon freddy uh yeah so so it's not like doing any of that type of stuff with dylan and that's that's what i think that makes it stand out is that mm -hmm. this is the demonized version of freddy where he just wants to kill he wants to get Mm -hmm. out into the into the world and he has to get through heather yes so he's going through her and so the only way to really finally get her is to go through him. So he's not looking at Dylan as like a, through the lens of a sexual predator. He's looking at him through, I need to torture and kill this kid. So and I can break her down and be free. Yeah. And Heather is, you know, and he's doing the same thing. And he's doing in his first encounter with Nancy. Heather is going after everyone in your life, your friends, the, 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 your husband, the camera, not the camera, the other VFX guys right uh and or and your babysitter like that right. is just the order of like if her, they were her you know pals the johnny depps of the world yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah world in there and um so but they go through this the labyrinth of the new boiler room the coliseum and uh dylan has much more strength than i do because he runs right into a uh a furnace yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> to you know get away and kind of you know freddy's chasing there and like the whole hansel and gretel thing the yeah the witch and the in the furnace he knew right to go into there and, and they, then there's the snake this i'm so i'm definitely afraid of snakes i can't oh, okay see images of them i can't oh, okay them. really like but, like really it's like how people have that phobia of clowns and stuff mm-hmm. like that or like like spiders like i'm snake mm. but that's this is the only movie i can watch it this is the one's only an eel she yeah. shoves an eel in his no, eye. No, like when when Dylan goes in the thing, there's the big yellow yes. snake. I, that's the only one I can watch. I yeah. don't know why. It doesn't ever bother me. Because oh, like, like, it's, it's Friday, you feel safe. Yeah, I feel safe with Freddy. But yeah, yeah. Um, I don't like snakes, but not in that level. I just yeah. uh, so you know, Dylan hides out in there, and he kind of you know he's just in the corner hiding, and the the arm stretching, and because immediately, like a minute, I thought like man his arm needs to go and then you know it starts classically stretching out and 
get a really the cool juice the beetlejuice stretches i call it yeah the beetlejuice stre- yeah it's yeah, a good yeah. i mean even the way the mouth head opens up for him to eat dylan before nancy just comes in and like splits you know gets him uh yeah. attacks him and then yeah like and so good and and uh the three of them have a great kind of just like take down of each other and the split i love the fact that the tongue is split that the knife when shaved in the tongue is this you know like how people get their tongue split and he burns up and uh this is like and please correct me if I'm wrong this is like one of the first movies where we do see or maybe the only where freddie does show he has more of a fear like this kind of fear of fire yeah um, so so she burns him in the first one mm-hmm. but he doesn't it's not like he has like a fear of it this no one, he, it really is like he's like a fear of oh my gosh yeah this is what killed because nancy kind of throws that uh you know the kerosene at him, kerosene yeah. at him and so he burns up and they get out and you know they just kind of allude to like everything's gonna be okay right because yeah. this movie could easily gone away which would have been cheap a way of oh actually like it's been in the dream sequence this whole time and like chase right. is alive and you could have came in do you want more coffee honey or something? yeah like yeah i like that it and i kind of you know i could expect that like it's it's because it is a tough death like you murder like earlier like wes murdered his her husband and traumatized her son to make a make some content yeah I, you know, for me, that ending, even to this day, I still cry when I watch mm-hmm. it. I don't, just something about the hauntingness of them, like, she's embracing him, and then she's reading the script that Wes is Yeah. Like, so when she falls out of the bed, like, Wes wrote her, like, thank you for having the the strength to play Nancy one mm-hmm. last time. And so then Dylan says, will you read me the story? And so she reads him, starts reading the script. And when she starts reading him as that, like, that's a signature Wes Craven move where he's pulling the camera back a certain way. As it's pulling back, I have children. Um, and then the music, <laughs> come, the music comes on and it yeah. just says, you know, like, directed by Wes Craven. It's like, it's beautiful. It's, it's, I cry every time because it's over. And I, I've, ever since I was a kid, I've seen it. I, every time I, I, even just now, the other day, yesterday when I watched it, I, I cried mm. after watching it. Not in like a sad way, but it's just, it's such a sentimental thing because it's just such a beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. And it like, it makes you think of a time in your life, you know, when you're like, you know, you're a kid, like you're, you see it and you're just like, ah, oh, like it's such a good movie. Like you just want to watch it again. Yeah. Know, that type of thing. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's well said. It's, it's this beautiful like ending and their embrace and, you know, the, it's it's Nancy after the first one. I mean, it's this not afraid and like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to share this with my kid because this this isn't what's going to fuck him up in the world. Right, right. Um, so, you know, that was Wes's whole point. Um, anything we didn't like, cover or you wanted to bring up? Um, I think I, I to me, I, I love this conversation because like yeah. I, I can talk to you nightmare all day. And so for me, I love this because you're like really knowledgeable about it too and stuff like that. And so I love it. I, I, I think that, I think it's a really great film. I think that I love that it's getting the resurgence that it's getting mm-hmm. now because it wasn't a fan favorite at all. It was kind of really like underground. Yeah, it was an underground like sleeper for a long, long yeah, I time. I did not know that. I thought it was. Uh... No. So like, okay, so I joined um, 
in the documentary, we talk about it a little bit about how DeAndre Laser and I met. Um, she's one of my best friends. We've known each other mm. for 15 years. And um, we joined the Nightmare on Elm Street Films.com forums back in okay. the day. Like way back in the day. We'd all talk about things. And nobody really dug Wes Craven's new nightmare. People didn't understand it. They didn't like that, like, it wasn't a part of, like, film series. They're, they just weren't really, like, fans of it. And then I'd say, I'd say probably with the rise of, like, film Twitter, I think mm. a lot of people started talking about it more. Yeah, that's um, definitely my, yeah. my lane. Yeah, and I, I love film Twitter. Like, there's so many great people on there that I think that, I think that people who um, dissect films or, or do film reviews or take film serious started talking about it, and it just, I would really just the past five years, it's been like a resurgence of where people really love it and appreciate it for the film that it is. And I feel like more people do need to talk about it. And yeah. I'm just, I'm happy that we're talking about it. Yeah, no, I, I love, like I said, great. yeah, I, that's interesting. Put it as that's news to me of just like the in the community and like was telling you before, like I'm pretty new to being more in the horror community. Um but I always loved it. Like there was there's oh. a group of us that have always loved this film yeah. and, never, and never understood why people didn't get into it. And now that they are, like we're like, okay, they're finally coming around. It, it's not it's not an elitist thing. We're like, oh, we've loved it. Oh no, I, I didn't think we're, that we're, it's, we're, yeah, we're just we're like we're like finally people are coming around to like the love of it's it's definitely a um i don't know it's a cap it's just a it always captured me and it's a movie that i think would just it would be from where everyone is today it would be a hit today it would be it would i think it would be a little more polished Mm -hmm. and just from like how things are today and i would think i think it would almost get put in that like i know People don't like this term, but it put into that um like elevated elevated horror. horror. Yeah, I was looking yeah. for the term, like yeah. because of the meta ness of it, right? Like yeah, uh, like a hereditary or like a midsummer. Yeah, because it would be, like be a little little heavier. I could see. Yeah, um, which I, I love it the way it is. Um, it also just the way of the meta ness is do this with a double feature of the final girls. Yeah. Um, that you, I'm sure you've seen the final girls. Yeah, the final yeah. girls is such a good. I love it. It's such yeah, a great like it. like it. those two meta movies. I think would be really nice double feature. Um, yeah. So I think, but I think that these movies now, like Hereditary, Midsummer, Final Girls, I think, um, like the Jordan Peele movies, like mm-hmm. I think a lot. I think a lot of these movies now would not exist had Wes Craven's New Nightmare not done it. A lot of people say that it's because of Scream and the success of Scream. You need New Nightmare without Scream. You need right, but you you have you can't have Scream without New Nightmare. Yes, so there's so people don't really give it that credit, and that's what I'm kind of waiting for. I'm waiting for some like big buff horror aficionado or somebody (laughs) to like release something like we need to like do some love for Wes Craven's New Nightmare, where they really expose (sighs) the community that without Wes Craven and Wes Craven's New Nightmare. We would not have these films that we have mm-hmm. now because Scream. I I hate saying this term because I I don't want people to ever think that I think like negatively about any other horror films. Sure. But like Scream is a smart horror film. It is absolutely. It is not. It's not a. We're gonna throw a guy in a mask running around being a slasher just to make a slasher. Like that's what Jason is, and there's no no shame in saying that because they're fun. 
Though sometimes you need that release of a movie where you mm-hmm. can't think about it all the time. But if you look at Scream, Scream is like a smart horror film. Mm-hmm. And horror was not taken serious for so many years. And then Scream comes along and it's like critically acclaimed and fan acclaimed. But then now all of a sudden you have that boost. You have like the Conjuring series or um, yeah, the, that... the, the what's the other ones? Um, Oh, not Inception. I keep saying. Oh, Inception. Insidious. Insidious. You have... Like you, have, you have those types of movies, and so then it, it's evolved. So horror mm-hmm. has evolved. Into it this. follows. It follows. Uh, right. And the ro- so it... Sorry. No, no. Go ahead. No, no. Oh, no, just no, say no, even no. like even like in the late nineties, like the rise of like the J horror films. Right. They have right. this. Uh, they're a little more serious. They they have this, uh, and then they became America, you know, remakes and this and that. But even that lane, right? All right. that, I think you can do a trace back to. And there's this meta, right, of like the things coming outside of the the technology and this and right. yeah. West does new nightmare. Uh, it's keeps being weird to say <laughs> hello, puppy. Uh, um, by the way, I. I I believe it's took me the song. It keeps weird. Keep saying Wes because my nephew's name is Wes. Oh, I <laughs> and, love that. I love and, that. And every time I, you know, I'm like Wes. And um, but uh, yeah. Every like, I don't know. It, it is a landmark movie that um, that's why I, I know we were gearing up to end here. I surprised you saying like people are five years coming around to it, not. Yeah. You know, um, like I said, I could pinpoint to when I saw it. It was like on cable at my aunt's house, you know, in the early 2000s, probably. Wow. And I was like being like this, this movie got me, you know, it hooked me in and, you know, there's a party probably going on, you know, whatever. Right. Um, but. <laughs> She's like, because I've been down here for so long. She could join. She could join. What's his name? Her name, so her name is Lucy. Lucy, Lucy so like Lucille Ball. I'm a huge hello Lucy. Fan. Yes. So, having said that, what do you are are uh, you and Lucy anything to add or? I'm I'm good. I um I'm just so thankful that you had me on. This has been so much fun. Like yeah. I I love talking with like fellow horror like horror fans and stuff like that, and just in general talking films. Yeah, thank you. Same People here. Like, supported us. Thank you for you know getting this documentary and watching it and. Sure. Oh, well, it's a more, lot. It really means a lot. Well, I appreciate it as well. More than welcome. And uh, uh, where can everyone find you? So you can find me on TikTok at the final girl thirteen. That's like where girl. Yeah, it'll all be <laughs> below. Since, um, and then and then Fredheadstock.com is where you can find all that. Gotcha. Since following you, I see like the you know on TikTok just every I'm like oh that's neat repost it by the final girl. So I'm so my thing. Okay, so this is my has been uh, my thing with um with everyone and everything is that I love everyone and mm-hmm. my my whole mantra is love. And so for me, like if I'm following somebody or I'm like mutuals with somebody and I see their stuff, I'm gonna repost it. Like mm-hmm. I if I can do anything to get other people's stuff out there, that's what I'm gonna do. So I love that you're seeing the reposts. Yeah, like, no, I do. I see it. I watch probably like most or whatever. Um, you know where to find us. And once again, thank you so much. This has been a pleasure, and stay frightful, everyone. Welcome to Fly Over State of Fear.